Hi, you're listening to WRBH Radio 88.3 FM. This is your host of New Orleans by Mouth, Chef Amy Sins. Here in the studio, I have two great friends of mine, Chef Samantha and Chef Cody Carroll. How y'all doing, guys? Good. <laughs> so, so y'all, Chef Sam and Chef Cody are with Sakalay and Hot mm-hmm. Tails. Mm-hmm. And uh, I love that their food is innovative, interesting, but somehow pulls you back to old school Louisiana. So mm-hmm. today we're going to talk a little bit mostly about boudin and yeah. <laughs> particularly uh, the boudin bourbon and beer event that is happening in November. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, um, guys, let's talk boudin. Yes. What are the rules of boudin, in your opinion? Oh, this is a Sam question for sure. <laughs> well, let me She's tell you boudin, something. The boudin queen. We, with every time Cody and I go on a trip or we travel um, or we have to go anywhere north, really, we always Google the places we can stop to get boudin because. By north, she means west. Yes. West, I mean. <laughs> north southwest. of I-10. She means The exit north of I-10. She doesn't know what directions. I don't know. Cody drives. Left. So, (laughs) um, we, I kind of have like the scale on boudin because true boudin is in a casing. Mm -hmm. And you can only judge a true boudin if it is not smoked because smoke kind of disguises and masks some flavoring, you know? Mm Not that so, I don't like smoked. I like. Smoked. Oh, I love smoked boudin. But if there's you're three gonna, categories. there's three categories. But okay. if you're gonna judge somebody on their boudin, you have to judge it linked and unsmoked. And there's always like the bite, like if the skin will pop whenever you bite into it. So I'm gonna interrupt you. So the question is, you know, I call that the boudin pilgrimage. Yeah. Pretty much everything from here to Beaumont, and then kind of like through Alexandria, mm-hmm. maybe a little bit up, you know little bit up and you know a little bit like up not yeah, north up. you know not, not, north. not, not south you know. <laughs> but um you know there's the gas station boudin and the you know foil sitting in the crock pot mm-hmm. there's the grilled boudin so when you say the snap are mm-hmm. you a steamed boudin a grilled boudin how see, does that I, snap see, i grew up on the ones that's like the stretch armstrong yeah <laughs> <laughs> so i didn't really i've never really seen the one that just popped but she oh, yeah. loves the ones that snap so she kind of that's her thing oh yeah that's my so favorite. how do you get the snap I don't know. It's if I you think don't they do have about the rice uh, cooker or something. I don't, it's like the skin or the um, the casing that they use is either like really high quality or they pump it tight or they just the way yeah exactly they fill it. So I don't know. It's just like every now and then you get that one where you're like you have to like gnaw on it and you're yes. like Ugh. that's how I grew up. Yeah, I don't like that. I like just like the perfect pop and I like like the casing to still be present. Like you can still taste it. You can still feel it in your mouth. I, I'm a grilled boudin girl because oh. I like that crack, that crunch. Oh, like. yeah. But I, I don't like that weird texture. And um, yeah. I will say, um, I will announce to all of my listeners out there that I personally am the women's e- oh, boudin eating yes. champion <laughs> of the Cochon Delay Festival in like, Mansoura, Louisiana. I was stalking you on Facebook watching this happen. <laughs> so, but, you know, three pounds of boudin in like three minutes. That's and a lot. It, you know, you have the strategy of how are you going to do that, especially mm-hmm. being the I was the only girl. So actually, by default, that's why I'm the women's champion. I came in fourth. But that's still Overall, awesome. out of like 20, but... You know, I hey, took the guys. claim. They didn't have the trophy because they had never had a woman compete. 
But, you know, my strategy was to pull out of the casing Mm -hmm. because if you have to eat that much boudin that fast, a really bad casing is a really bad casing. Yeah. Yeah. So um, there truly is an art to making sure that you can enjoy the whole thing. Yeah. Right? There is. Sounds like the little knots on the end. Oh, no. Yeah. I'll do that for days. Do that for days. (laughs) (laughs) Really? Oh, gosh. You always. Save me the ends. I do. So, you know, when you're talking about the, you know, the rice to meat ratio, the vegetables, onion, celery, mm-hmm. bell pepper, mm-hmm. garlic, are you uh, livers, oh, pork, yeah. chicken? I, feel like I like a balance. I like to be able to taste the meat and the liver. Yeah. Both. Uh, so You can always tell when there's a Boston boudin without liver. And, and pork liver. I know. But if it's too livery, it's just it's too much. And if it's not enough liver, it's kind of bland. It's not boudin. You want kind of a balance. So I tend to use chicken livers because people kind of, people freak about like, I mean, they eat a hot dog and they don't know what's in it. But when you tell them there's a pork pork liver. Some Mm -hmm. pork livers are not good. And and chicken livers are more consistent. They're pretty much always going to be a good good liver. Mm -hmm. So you got to kind of watch. Is there a trick to treating that liver before you put it into the... The boudin mixture. Are you pureeing it, chopping it? Are you soaking it? it? Yeah. I puree it, yeah. I grind it or kind of run it in the grinder with everything else. With the meat, yeah. But, I mean, I make make boudin several different ways. I've made it where you cook it till the meat falls apart in shreds. I've grinded it. I mean, I've done it different ways. Yeah. More so if I'm going to do like a blood boudin, I'm going to grind it. And if I'm going to do a regular boudin, I'll cook until it shreds. Now, let's talk about blood boudin because, you know, boudin noir – it's not my favorite. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that certain people really like that, um, you know, mouthful of Iron. pennies and nickels. <laughs> <laughs> you know? You have to pair it with stuff. Yeah. It's tough to eat by itself. But, uh, you know, is that something that you grew up eating and that's why you like it? Or is it something that you developed a flavor for as your palate changed? Kind of both. I mean, I was a picky, like, when I was very young, I was a picky eater. So I kind of yeah. would shy away from it. But, as I grew up eating it with, uh, it goes very well with apples and, and caramelized onions and cognac and bacon, like all that together. You have to pair it, really definitely. good. Yeah. So okay. So of, I'll have to take you up on that and try it and give good. it another <laughs> chance. Because, you know, I tell people if you don't like the way something tastes, you have to eat it three times. Mm-hmm. And if you still don't like it the fourth time, if you try it fried, it might change you. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. So, so, so maybe so I try it, and then we fry it into it. We deep fry it and see how <laughs> that comes out. Yeah. Three years ago, we did a fried blood boudin ball. Okay, and how'd that go over? It was awesome. It was really right. good. So let's talk about some of the dishes and what it's like to participate at um, Boudin Bourbon and Beer. So we know it's November 3rd. It's in Champion Square. My opinion, it's one of the most fun events of the year because it's nice to go to a fundraiser where you can wear your jeans Mm -hmm. and uh, not have to worry about getting all fancied (laughs) up. Yeah. Uh, And so, and usually, you know, great weather. It's a good week. So what have y'all cooked in the past and what are y'all cooking now? Yeah, I think this is our fourth year or third year. I think this is our third year. Third year. I remember doing the blood boudin, but we did with turtle meat. So turtle blood boudin. And then last year we did a uh, carbon. No, uh, I can't think. It? What was it? <laughs> bolognese. Bolognese, bolognese. Yes. Oh, yeah. So we're going to kind of return to the pasta because there's not many pastas out there, and I love pasta laya. 
Uh, I mean, I love jambalaya, but I love switching it up. I'll go back and forth. So we're going to do kind of a version of pastalaya and uh, carbonara. And we're doing, it's called pork temple carbonara. Yeah. So we're actually taking the pork temples, the temple meat, which is what I use in a lot of my jambalayas. Okay. I'll get these big cases of pork temples and cook that. It's kind of like the oyster on a, a yeah. chicken thigh. Oh, yeah. that Almost the same texture. It kind of holds tight. And then you like, keep cooking until it's like it the little down. back of the chicken. Yeah, the oh, thing. that's like the best part. It's just like that. Yeah. And uh, so we're going to do that and cook it more style of a pasta lie and then fold in the egg mixture with the pecorino romano. Mm-hmm. And uh, oh, that sounds delicious. Finish it off. Some green onions. So technically, it sounds to me like um, you don't have to make a boudin, but you're right. cooking it's in the spirit right. of it. Okay. There's so many, so 65 things. So not everybody's going to do, I mean, you can look at the even the website. Not everybody's going to do boudin, but it's always always inspired by boudin or inspired by the pig. Okay. So it's kind of oh, like every fun. year, you got to think of it. Like G.W. Finn, Kenny Flynn, he does a seafood, um, a seafood boudin, like a, a, a version of that. So it's like he's always bringing... I think he did some kind of like corn dogs or something. I think they're this year they're doing a sheep's head boudin. Ooh, yeah. It's it's It has something for everybody, even if you don't eat pork. (laughs) I I remember the first year that I went, um, you know, I was like, oh, there's all these big chefs and there's like people from all over the country and these like professional Mm -hmm. barbecuers and Mm -hmm. all kinds of stuff. And I got the best giggle whenever I went up to one booth and the guy's in his, like, fancy outfit. And he handed me a saltine cracker with, like, a homemade hot dog on it. And he was like, this is my this is my people. And I'm like, you know what? It kind of is. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, it's <laughs> when you say, you know, you're going to grind it all up. Well, you got to have it on a saltine cracker. And he's, like, right next to, you know. Uh, Chef Philip with Root, who has things with like smoke and yeah. fire, and I'm like, hey, but like everybody gets along, and you're gonna eat all of it, and it's so awesome, and I just it's couldn't crazy. stop laughing. <laughs> it's crazy, and it's so spread out too because there's so many chefs that are there and that are participating. We barely get to see any of them because yeah. everybody's divided up into the different tents. And at one point, like every chef just starts walking around and eating everybody's food. Yeah, absolutely. It a big, big party at the end. <laughs> it's fun. With good music. Yeah. There's some good bands coming. Yeah. And Nathaniel Ratliff is, like, awesome. So so what kind of I'm music is up. that? He, it's almost like a folk kind of, say, like a modernized folk, maybe. Yeah. And, you know, what I like is that there's, you know, this kind of Cajun, this this folk, this New Orleans, this... Everything, There's but hay everywhere, like <laughs> well, every now and then, stompers down. normally make an appearance. <laughs> you know, it's just I, I kind of laugh because I'm like, uh, it, my motto is like everything to excess, nothing to moderation, mm-hmm. which is probably why I am drawn to this event because <laughs> mm-hmm. it is it's it's pretty excessive. It and but they have a disco it's pig ball. Like, like, it's that's, very fast paced. It's very loud. It's very. It's just fun. Like it's all out for sure. Well, in past years, do y'all have any, like, funny stories of things that happened? Because I can only imagine y'all probably have to prepare for thousands of people mm-hmm. and uh, lots of food and get everything set up and then be ready to roll. So so tell well, me, anything crazy happened? The first year, something crazy happened. So we get there, and we're thinking we can cook. We could fry underneath the big tent, which I, could, I should have been smart enough to know that they wouldn't let us. But we asked, and they said yes. Mm-hmm. So uh, we get there, and they're like, no. 
No. <laughs> it's like, okay, so we got to set our fryer up way outside, like, I don't know, 20 feet from our station. And there's no way. We only had two of us. So it's like, how is how how are we going to do that? We need, like, at least two hands to, to help plate. So we found this little high school kid. and he, <laughs> So they know, found a high, high school kid. kid. Yeah, he, he was, was like, dressed up in the chef coat. He wanted like, to help. You want to help? He's like, yeah. So he is just getting his butt kicked outside. I showed him how to do everything, and he's starting to fall behind. And I'm like, come on, you got to go fast. You got to go fast to do this, do this. Yeah, because weren't they like and, uh, tempura battered, like beer battered? Yeah, it was beer so battered. It was, like, stringy batter mess it was, it was everywhere. Mess. It was not easy to do. No. But uh, he had it under control at first. And all of a sudden, I'm looking. He would peek through the tent and bring his hand us the, uh, the boonet balls. And then all of a sudden, it's like 10 minutes and or 15 minutes and no balls are coming. So I look outside. He's gone. <laughs> ran away. He's like, like yeah, he ran away. He was Never out. seen that kid again. I was like, maybe he had a curfew or something, Cody. I don't know. <laughs> That's awesome. So then, what do you do? Go just, just grab. Just okay. You just yeah. start. Going. I think I jumped out there first. I was like, I'll go do it. I need to go. It was, it was like, so funny. It was like, guys, not for me. Like, no. like mm-hmm. I, I stole this coat from somebody else. I really am not into yeah. this cooking thing. I just wanted to get backstage. Oh, <laughs> it's also funny to see like all the visiting chefs that aren't from New Orleans, how pumped up they get about being in New Orleans. Like, what am I going to do tonight? What are y'all going to do tonight? Okay, we're going to all meet up here. And it's like, really? You're <laughs> like, I'm going to go sit on my sofa. <laughs> <laughs> like, Drink a beer we'll in the go to the after party. Yeah. And then after that, it's Yeah, because like, the after parties are right by the restaurant. So. Yeah. It's always something fun. Well, are there any dishes, you know, whenever y'all are preparing for an event like this, do y'all test a whole bunch of ideas and then taste them and see which one... Or do you just say, this is what we're doing, and we're going to roll with it? This is what we're doing, and the day before, we, we just pray it works. <laughs> <laughs> so, so the lessons you have learned from uh, Boudin, Bourbon, and Beers of the past, uh, what lessons yeah. have you learned, and what advice do you have for the chefs that are coming for the first time this year to participate? It's really, I mean, if you've done big events like this, you got to make sure your dish works and make sure you can hold it hot. It doesn't overcook. You're limited on things you can use. But a, a big tip is you can actually call ahead and get rent equipment from them. They'll have it set up for you. In their kitchen. And yes, right. it's like a kitchen outside of the tents, and you're ready to go. All That's your stuff right. has your name on it. You're ready to go. That's the mistake we made the first year. We <laughs> brought our own fryer. We're like, we're bringing our fryer. We unloaded a big thing. I mean, had hospital bills from back injuries, all that stuff. <laughs> no. All do was like just rent. <laughs> no. Just rent a fryer from them. There, you know, there's something to be said about that. Uh, this past week, I did an event at the convention center, and big thumbs up um, to the guys over there, uh, Chef Brandon and Chef Nathan or Nathaniel, um, because that was that was kind of what it was. Was okay. Am I going to bring all my stuff? Or oh wait, hold on a second. <laughs> they they have a kitchen there. Mm-hmm. How about I give you? And I got to my little station. And I dropped off everything in a roll of blue tape, you know, just in case. Mm-hmm. And when I got there, like, all, all my little stuff was there. And Aww. I'm like, oh, I wish life was like this more regularly oh, no. <laughs> where you can just show so, up. I was so jealous when I went in and I saw just chef's names all over his stuff. It was like this own little personal kitchen. I was like, I just missed something. But we made it work. <laughs> well, so... um. Y'all are going to be probably sautéing your dish at your station this we're gonna time? We're going to cook it cast iron style, yeah. We're going to bring the big cast iron pot and cook it like a pastelaya and then fold in the egg uh, and cheese mixture at the end. All right. So so have you tasted this yet? 
Oh, we no. did. We did a version of it. Oh, no. Last weekend, and it didn't work. So yeah, <laughs> that makes we, me we messed around with it last weekend. We're like, okay, we gotta figure something. Yeah, make a few tweaks, but I don't think it's gonna be that hard. Actually, we did it. Well, I know you all have a little girl, and I love watching her on Instagram. I feel like uh, she's like this perfect little troublemaker mix of you two. <laughs> yeah. Um, and uh, particularly for our, our listeners out there, there was this one picture that just tickled me because she was like sticking her hand in the batter mm-hmm. that was like when <laughs> no brownies. one was looking to eat the brownies. So it seems to me like she's got a bit of a sophisticated palate. So is she at the point yet where you're running things by her to see if she's going to eat them? Yeah, she kind uh, of in a way. If she's she, not excited about it, it's like, it's kind of a boring dish. She yeah. She got to be pumped up about it. So She likes to watch us cook. So, like, she likes to watch the whole process. And you can tell if she's not happy with it because she gets bored with watching you make it. She's okay. like, all right, I'm going to go We had play. a cupcake cook-off, her and I. And, and wait, I, let's tell everybody how old she is. Two and a half. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I'm not she, sure what kind of cook-off that was. I will was. show you the picture. She completely <laughs> dominated in the end. Like I gave, her the, I gave her the sprinkles, and she just sprinkled it. It looks like one of those, the new new way to plate things, the modern way. You know, you have like a splatter on the plate and all that stuff. It was beautiful. Mom was just like plain Jane. She smoked me. Yeah, she can do that. Well, you know, I always, I love to hear from chefs about, you know, what kids are eating these days because, you know, I... I think we all look back to our childhood and, you know, maybe blood boudin was not Squirrel. the direction we were going. Yeah. You know, it wasn't what we wanted to eat. But it seems like kids these days are more and more adventurous. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if it's because the parents are more adventurous or if uh, things that uh, things are more plentiful that we wouldn't have had. Because I always refer maybe. back to the fact that my niece and nephew will like eat me to my credit card limit at a sushi place and you know the oldest one is six Mm -hmm. and you're like geez how like i would have said raw fish this is the crazy no cook it you know you know (laughs) i'm really not sure i mean i think it's a mixture of the parents and then the tv they have the shows with the kids cooking all this creative stuff but yeah my nephew five and six years old was eating uh raw octopus and I mean, all kind of stuff. Like fried rabbit. He like rabbit's yeah, his favorite was, thing to he eat. He was eating the raw tuna and everything at the sushi place the same way. It's well, like it makes me wonder, you know, as chefs like twenty years from now, what are we gonna be feeding these kids <laughs> that um is going to get them excited? Are we gonna be going back to like old school classics of gravy? Uh, yeah, or mm-hmm. are we like gonna be going the Anthony Bourdain, you know, <laughs> right? Andrew Zimmer uh route because that's what you know, know, their palates are looking for. So I think it's I an do, interesting I, I thought. I think we were lucky, though, because I do see some kids that are picky every now and then, and even our kid has her own picky moods that she gets into, but she's... She'll eat. Like, we stopped at Billy's the other day, and she was tearing down a boudin ball, so <laughs> <laughs> she was excited about that. Well, so talk to our listeners just a little bit about y'all's restaurants and, like, what kind of food you're serving there, because I think it's... It's really interesting. It has that mix of pretty food, mm-hmm. um, but not the just like grass on a plate where you yeah. leave hungry. Mm-hmm. You know, it's pretty food, but it's it, it's innovative. So let's yeah. talk about that. Well, I mean, it's exactly as it's all about the old school rest, the recipes and things that we grew up cooking. But it's taken basically taken the different ingredients and why they were put on the plate together with the other ingredients. 
and then reinterpreting each ingredient by itself and kind of letting like, them so stand say, out. Let's say one yeah. ingredient was brought to that dish to provide the salt. So we'll change that up and kind of just do a, a totally new thing with it. Yeah. We're always playing around. Visually. But... I mean, if you pretty much you can look at a dish and you can't tell what it is. Once you taste it, you'll know it'll bring you back to your childhood and you'll know what where that dish came from and the story of why it came to Louisiana. Yeah. And, you know, like what makes y'all, you know, what in you as a chef makes you go, I want to change the way this looks. I want to change the way this feels, but still somehow get the same flavor. Is it the mm-hmm. sense of challenge? Is it it's, it's everything. Art? It's challenge. It's art. It's And it's drawing different emotions from the people that would normally just eat the, the original dish. You know, you're going out to eat. You don't want to just get that same original dish. You're getting something that's going to make you think about it and draw, I don't know, just unusual memories yeah. or memories of childhood and kind of think, on. Oh, okay, this is how this chef sees this dish that I grew up on. It's kind of unique. Yeah. And I'll say one of my favorites is the devil crab. Yeah. <laughs> it's like my favorite. It's I want to just like lick the bowl after. <laughs> the ultimate, yeah, that, that dish is like the ultimate way of thinking of a deviled egg. Yeah. With uh, lump crab, yeah, and it's, it's it's a beautiful dish. It's so I love that dish. I would really you do. say I, you know I laugh because I you know talk to chefs and you know over at Cushon, they can never get rid of the rabbit and dumplings. No matter how many times they're tired of cooking it, mm-hmm. it's That's delicious. Right. It's what we love, and it's why we go there. So <laughs> you know, is the devil crab one of those like signature dishes that you're like this is something that is always going to be on the repertoire or do you have another dish that you're like, I could never get uh, rid of this? The alligator merloton is another one that's really yeah. tough. It's it's one of those things where you want to try to get rid of it just because, you try, like you said, you're tired of making it or t- whatever. But then you taste it and you're like, okay, no, I can't get rid of this. <laughs> I mean, those two dishes are very yeah. unique flavors, it, especially the alligator merloton is even a more unique flavor. Mm-hmm. With and the that, honey powder, it's better than honey powder. And, that, and that. that's the one that has like mustard seed. Yeah, yeah that's really good. That's I like good that dish. one. You know, there's just, there's so much good stuff and um, so much good food out there. And I feel like the more it's from the heart, the more it's from where we come from, mm-hmm. it, the better it tastes in some way. Yeah. That's so. definitely true. Well, do you all have anything exciting on the horizon? Anything that, that any specials, anything that you're doing for the holidays that we need to know about? I mean, right now, the... We're going into hunting season, so everything's changing on the menu. The menu so the, yeah. the hunt section's getting huge with duck, uh, rabbit's going to come soon. Bringing in more bourbons, more whiskeys, more red wines. Yeah, I mean, like everything shifting. changes in our restaurant. So in the summertime, everything's fish focused. And we still have our other categories, but now it's it's hunt. And then after hunt, it'll be farm. Okay. And these sections of the menu just get bigger. So it allows us to really... And even the fish dishes that we are doing turn into more fall. So, like, a new dish we're doing is uh, is a, a pan-roasted clam with uh, with bacon, house-made bacon, and sweet potato bisque. Mm-hmm. And it's super good. But clams, you don't really think about Louisiana, but if you go swimming in Lake Marpaul or anywhere around, you're going to have clams all on your feet. I mean, it's, it's just clams everywhere. You know, it's so funny because I— um. You know, I, I always joke like this or this is not the food of my people. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I don't consider clams the no. food of my people. Um, I don't know why, because it is available. Yeah. 
But I think we just tend to lean to oysters for yeah. some reason. Yeah. I think it's a little bit more like Poincapé Parish and stuff. Yeah, I mean, you, you would really, you'd see a lot of clams. And as a kid, we would eat anything. So we would dig them out of the mud and wash them off and soak them in water and let them kind of spit out the, the dirt. And then we would eat them. Yeah. You know, it's not the best thing in the world, but. A little gritty. Yeah, it's a little gritty. <laughs> but, I mean, why not try to challenge yourself and, and do something good with them? Yeah. So. And um, as far as um, your other restaurant, because I know you all have Sackley, but there are people, you know, who listen to this show that are all over the state of Louisiana. So if they can't make it to New Orleans, oh, yeah. where else can they go? Our other restaurant, Hot Tails, is in New Roads, Louisiana, and it's on Hospital Road, like right smack dab in the middle. Um, it's very, it's like a fish house almost. So you can go fishing on False River or go boating and then just get off your boat and go straight into the restaurant. We're not super fancy or anything like that. Um, just very family oriented. It's rustic. It's yeah, rustic, it's a rustic yeah. fish house. And it is one of those things where you can just eat all day there. And it's, yeah, it's po boys, so, burgers, like, so steaks, good. platters. We have a rabbit on that menu over there. Rabbit and red beans. Fried rabbit and red beans. Yum. Big sellers. Yeah. Um, and there's a bridge now, so yes. you know yeah. now that go there's the fancy bridge. Yeah. It's a beautiful through. bridge too. Just watch beautiful. those cops. Just yeah, <laughs> <laughs> like to give me tickets. Well, uh, the old Crotch Springs move. <laughs> you know, it's it, it's those 25, 35, 45, 25 mm -hmm. zones. Those are the ones where they get you whenever they're sitting in the in the police station with the the radar, the radar gun. and they don't even have to get out to get you a ticket because oh, they know they got you. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so. Well, y'all, I know we just have a couple more minutes, so I want to just say real quick, um, coming up on November 3rd is Boudin Bourbon and Beer. It's going to be out at Champion Square. Uh, Chef Sam and Chef Cody Carroll from Sacolet are going to be out there. There's also going to be um, Chef Will from Merrill, Chef Frank Brightson. Um, it's kind of like the who's who of the cool kids here in chefs. New Orleans. Yeah. <laughs> if you ever want to meet one of your chef idols, just go to yes. this. <laughs> so this is where you go to get all those Instagram cameos. Mm -hmm. um, the chef may not be looking at the camera because mm -hmm. he's going to be he or she's going to be overwhelmed plating. But um, no. you can certainly photobomb and have, have right. your, your chefs there. And Chef Emerald, he goes around to every, he makes it a point to go around to every table. And, and thank, thank everybody. everybody. That's he's, awesome. That's awesome. That's awesome. Well, you've been listening to WRBH Radio 88.3 FM. This is your host of New Orleans by Mouth, Chef Amy Sins. Until next time, ciao.